When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Forever. and Jamie are two best friends and they love sex and the city and they couldn't help but wonder do you love it too Carrie Miranda, Samantha Charlotte Cosmos cheese so many dudes. every single dude all the dudes and we couldn't help but wonder with Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Help Help But But Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex and the city and how it relates to us. Oh my God, we're here. We're doing it. This it's is big. Uh, this is big. This is our our classic bridge episode, is what we call it between seasons. We are now between seasons five and six. We are trucking right along, and it's we a have big a big fa- deal. It's a big damn deal, and it's a goddamn fa- big deal. It's a goddamn dang big. <laughs> I can't talk. It's a dingle dang big. It's deal. a dingle dang big dang deal. Yes. Um. So we have a fabulous guest with us today, and uh, I'm just really excited to have her. She's a fellow writer on Ted Lasso. She's also written on I Love You, America with Sarah Silverman. Is that the right time? Okay, I should just have this in front of me. I'm just winging it. Um, just, just, she's also, just, just riff, Jamie. <laughs> she's, I just start naming shows you haven't You're been like- on. But she also wrote on Dear White People, and she's just like a comedy genius and a really delightful human being all around. And we're so excited to have her. Leanne Bowen, welcome Woo-hoo! to Thank the you. program. Woo! Thank you. I'm so excited to be on this. I'm so happy you asked me. I didn't want to say like I watched Sex and the City religiously like 10 years ago. Like I had a box set and we would just like have my me and my roommate would just like drink wine and I didn't want to say anything, but I am so glad you asked. Oh, my God. That's that's why you are the perfect guest. (laughs) Well, also, you're a comedy writer and we talk about comedy writing a pretty good amount on the oh, show cool. um but also yeah i love that you had the box set did you R- rose you didn't have the box set right or did you you know what i always really enjoyed the show but i have not seen every episode a million times i don't remember what happens to burger so i'm sort of that's like, why this is exciting for Ooh. you no i love it and i have to say that we're really glad to have you right now because season five we've talked about it a lot we're glad to have you here to discuss it i don't remember i don't know how fresh the whole series is in your mind But season five gets really dark and real. It's the first time Carrie is cynical. You know, she's single really for the first time. And, you know, it launches us into the very last season, which is just like so many highs and lows and so dramatic. So the end of season five is like really intense, I feel like. Yeah, it is really intense. And um, 
really quick before we jump into all of our Sex and the City goodness, should we say who we were this week? Oh, I would love oh, to. Yes. Okay. Well, Leanne, do you want to kick us off and say who you were sure. this week and why? I okay. Know, I know exactly who I was this week. Um, I was Ooh. Miranda. Oh, okay. yes. Do tell. Okay. So I was super judgmental all week all week <laughs> i was very negative i feel like if there's ever a scene like the naysayer in the scene would be miranda to say no oh, it is that. always definitely and um and then like me and dj my fiance were kind of like fighting all week and then we have a baby in the middle of it mm. so i like for sure especially in season five too yeah because it's like the, the miranda steve brady triangle yeah it's the triangle yeah. exactly um and so that's what who i felt like this week why okay. were you so judgmental this week were you just exhausted yeah, and covid <laughs> exhausted covid i feel i have cabin fever um mm. i i just started my period oh my god oh, i just sad. i just i just i'm also on i'm at the end of mine so okay. yeah i honestly yeah. i can i just say Everyone I've talked to is, are you on your period right now, Rose? No, you would know. I would be like, okay. Hysterically <laughs> screaming. Well, you are not, I've synced up with a lot of people. So yeah, it's funny that people are syncing up through Zoom is my only point. Okay, wait, <laughs> how gross can we get? Can we get a little gross here or not? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, of course. Okay. I don't know about you guys, but my period is like 70 buckets of blood. Like, I can't believe I don't die every month. <laughs> like the last time I had my period, I had to stand up buckets. to take out. I'm I mean, dying. it's just, it's like oh crazy that I can live through it. I took out my tampon standing up mm. because my back hurt too much to sit down. Yeah. And when I took mm-hmm. out the tampon, like a wash <laughs> of blood, like hit the wall. Did like it splatter? It, it was there blood splatter oh like the staircase? It looked like I killed someone and I, I was dealing with my back, so I couldn't clean the bathroom. So I had to ask the woman who, the incredibly kind woman who cleans my mom's house to clean the bathroom. And then I took a shower and I did it again. So she had to do it twice in one day. So buckets oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> of um, blood is, I mean, that's the name of your punk band that you're starting when your back's oh better. God, you're so right. Yeah. Before I was a TV writer, I was uh, the lead thrasher of buckets of blood. <laughs> so Leanne, no wonder you were a goddamn bitch. You had your yeah. period. Yeah. I had my period. I think that was like 80% of it. Yeah. And we're sleep deprived, so I mean, it's just like it. It was it got dark. So yeah. I was Miranda. That's um, fair. But I think we're out of it. I we recently started working. Like we bought a Peloton, which we're very oh nice, excited about. amazing, yeah. So this is day two of working out, and immediately I feel like oh, it changes just, everything. Yeah. yeah, it really does. <laughs> yeah, hundred. Yeah, what about? battling cabin fever land are you taking any walks or going on any like little out outings yeah so we recently went to the park with the right. baby and we were there for like 20 minutes and then we went to so basically you had a whole day you made a day of it <laughs> yeah and we went uh i mean we went to santa monica uh, oh. to the pier on Monday, and we were there for 15 minutes. Oh, wow. okay. What, what I, I thought these? that was going to be, like, the highlight. Like, no, well, we did go no. to Santa Monica 15 minutes. Okay. We, we popped into Santa Monica. We popped out. I Is she too small to be big. out and about for a while? Yeah, like, um, her time between naps is about an hour to an hour and a half so like Lucky. getting out of the car walking down the pier getting down it's there. like such a schlep it's oh it's a schlep God. it's a three-hour ordeal to go there for 20 minutes uh, yeah yeah it, it it is and like the nice part was driving down there i think because we just haven't been driving in a car for a while That's but it. um 
we stupidly for some reason brought the stroller and I was like, we got to go to the water. And so DJ had to pick up the stroller in two hands and walk through the oh sand. It was like, oh my God, it you was guys were just like crying. So <laughs> it was stupid. We were. It was so dumb. It's amazing oh that God. anyone ever has children. Ever, it's incredible, honestly. isn't it? It is. And I like I, I knew it was really hard, but you don't know until I know until I like, yeah. no. I might no just slowly me. age myself out of the game. I think I'm sort of dangerously <laughs> tipping towards that. Oh no, I forgot. Oops, I forgot to have kids. Uh-oh. Everything inside of me is dry. Oh well. Now I'll just drink and spend money. But I have a question though. Okay, okay. Sure. For our listeners, I am not just saying this because uh you're a friend and a colleague. Your baby is next level adorable. Aww. It's crazy how cute your kid is do you Thank feel you. like that helps in those moments of despair where you're like oh but her face is yes. so cute you just want to eat it yeah I think when she's uh, it's yeah when she's really cute and smiling oh. I mean you're I'm in love I'm in love with her like right. super hard um I did how, when did you know you were in love with her I'm just kidding that's a great question I love <laughs> well, I love talking about it? these things of like the people yeah. who are on the other side of having kids like tell us people who don't have them like what think, is it like oh I think I had a c-section and I was awake and then right after they pulled her out they like wrapped her in a little blanket and they like put her on my chest and oh my as God. soon as I saw her alive I was just like I love you for oh. my uh, you were awake for the c-section is that normal yeah you don't have to watch it do you no but it's it's what it's fucking wild like but it's fast right i I heard a podcast recently where they were like it happens like in 15 15 minutes minutes, yeah they have a curtain in front of you they have a curtain in front of you and then um as soon as the baby's out they like remove part of the curtain so it's plastic so you could see the doctor hold the baby up and then she like she like shook it in front of me and i was like go clean it (laughs) and then bring it back gross bring her back (laughs) oh my god Um, wow that's so you can't feel anything obviously right no you can't yeah you can't uh so you you can't feel pain but the incision is like Maybe like a good five she's or six doing, inches. She's doing a so huge they amount. have to like they have to like pull right. pull and twist the baby out. They're pushing down on the top of your stomach, and I was like, I was rocking oh, on the table. Oh my god! Like, Jamie and I are god. about to both absolutely throw. We're up. like seasick. No, this is <laughs> this is incredible. I feel like I just had one. Well, also I know that honestly, you took us through it. Um, I'm like yeah. pretty sure I just had a baby in watching that. It's almost but like, too accurate, some might no, say. No, no, that was like that's incredible though because you always hear. That, I feel like what people always say is they go, "It doesn't hurt, but you feel pressure." It's always like, "What yeah. does that mean?" Like feeling pressure could mean not a big deal or a huge deal. It feels like okay. It feels like if you took if someone just took their fists <gasps> and then dug and then just pressed on the top of your stomach oy, really oy, hard oy. Yeah. So it wasn't painful but it was just like jarring it's it's very it's extremely jarring i i was like kind of relieved while it was happening because i have a very low blood pressure so i was puking Aww. through it and um i was just they gave me a bunch of medicine and i was just happy to not be puking so yeah so when it actually happened i felt like this i felt relieved because i had been puking the whole time wow you're a hero man i don't know it's intense anyone who has a kid is like deserves a nobel peace prize 
I know. I'm like, <laughs> Mother's Day is not enough time. It should no. be like we Mother's, honor women Mother's month. all year, literally every every day, except on other holidays. <laughs> except on other holidays. But all of the non-holidays are Mother's Days. <laughs> that um, makes sense. Man, okay. Well, Jamie, Rose, who are you this week? Oh, me. Oh, yeah. little yeah. me. Um, I guess I was, you know what? I'm going to say I was a bit of a Brady because, well, I think Brady's too young to have seen this movie, but I, I kind of just felt like a kid again. Um, because my very favorite movie when I was a kid was the witches and they just amazing released the Anne Hathaway version, um, on HBO max. And it's like the up updated whatever. So how can yeah. you update a perfect movie? That's the thing. The original that, was yeah. exceptional. It's so exceptional so and truly terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when I in my okay, like I'm sure you guys have this too, but like in my family or in everyone's family, they're like those little stories that just keep coming back up. Like no matter how old you are, like they're like I remember that time. Well, one of them in my family is when I went to see the witches in the theater. Um, I got so scared that I like, I guess I screamed in the theater and like threw the popcorn bucket like oh all God. over myself. And my parents think it's like the funniest thing ever. But that movie was <laughs> so scary, but also so cool that and it so was creative. marketed towards kids. And obviously it's it was a Roald so Dahl good. book or I whatever. Love Roald Dahl. Yeah, but it was like a horror movie for children, which is not a genre. Like You're right. they That's don't really make point. horror for kids. That's really. a really, really, so, really clever point. I was looking into it because, like, I love the original, and I was Tell like, me. "Oh God, will this live up to it?" And so, I went. I watched the old trailer, and it was Angelica Houston, and she's like brilliant. Oh, but it was it. Jim Henson that did yeah. all the puppetry, mm-hmm. and oh, wow. he did he do the labyrinth too? Yes. No? Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, I I guess he gets and dark, dark. crystal. She yeah, kind of looks dark, yeah. dark crystally in that movie. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't want to see the new one because I'm like, there's no. How was it, Jamie? I mean, is it good? Yeah. Well, I haven't finished it. I stopped oh, it. Well. I stopped it before we recorded. Um, so I'm about halfway through. It's really good. I mean, it, you know, it's just such a good story, and they Possible did enough up. updates to where you're like, oh, it's not fully the original. There's definitely something to sink your teeth into. Mm-hmm. that's new but also there's certain things where you're like god the original just like fucking nailed it yeah. um so yeah and i don't know if you guys knew this i feel like this is kind of obvious trivia with the with if you've read anything about it but um they so when they did the original all of the bald people in the audience are mostly men they just cast bald men and put them <laughs> in dresses and if you go that's back amazing. and watch it it is it looks so bad like it's crazy how bad it's a like it's just like very lazy um but i did notice in this one they definitely you know there's way more cgi and it's just a lot like sleeker and slicker but i did notice a man in the audience and i think they did that to like almost as an homage to the original yeah 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 yeah. um the best that's the best scariest part of that was when somebody got trapped in a painting i agree that's they so don't have clever. that in this one. They, so they, something else happens to the little girl. But yeah, that was the fucking scariest thing I ever saw. They're like, Erica disappeared. And then one day she was hanging over the mantle and then she like aged in the painting and then like died. It's amazing. It was so scary. Oh the original is so scary. That's a really, <laughs> that's so true. Oh, anyways, who are you this week, Rose? I would say, I would say, I would say I'm a Miranda because um, I got back surgery on Monday and I think it was really successful. But since this is the second one in two months, I, you know, my mom keeps being like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. You don't pain anymore. 
But I keep telling her that I'm cautiously optimistic because it was two months after the first one before I needed a second one. And it's only been a handful of days. So I'm glad. I I think the surgery went as great as it could have gone. And I'm doing so much better. But I'm not like celebrating yet. I feel like in three months, Mm -hmm. I can tell you that I'm really so that kind of feels like a Miranda thing for somebody to be like, oh, my God, are you excited about this? And she's like, mm. she's like, pump the brakes. I will be. Yeah. I will be. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 totally. all going in the right direction. But I I'm very jinxy and very paranoid. So I know what I mean. Same way. How did you feel about going into a hospital like during COVID? Oh, I, fine. I mean, I've had yeah. to go so many times. I mean, you have to be <laughs> they're all in PPE. Fun. It's like the safest yeah. place to be every you have to get tested to even be there. Like you can't get the yeah. surgery without the negative test. So. Also, the back pain was so bad that it kind of was just such an emergency that it. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even think about anything else. How did you feel about being in a hospital? Um, I was OK. I I I mean, I I was nervous. Um, but then after I had the kid, I, f- I kept forgetting to put my mask on. And I think all the nurses were so nice. They didn't like say, hey, your mask isn't on. Um but I remember being wheeled through the hospital and I'm like, everyone here's a hero. Oh. <laughs> like all of you, they're all so kind and nice. Like how you do it. Nurses like, are incredible. Be on a they are, yeah. They're incredible. So they, they, they really do like change your day and your life and yeah. they like give you hope. Yeah. They're amazing. Actually, I have yeah. to say that when I woke up from my, I should, I, when I woke up from my um, anesthesia and the surgery, oh no, no, no. Before I went down, this male nurse was, oh, I'm so sorry. This is like, really boring it doesn't actually matter but when i woke up from the surgery out of my anesthesia there was a male nurse who was chatting with me and he wasn't wearing his mask and i wasn't wearing my mask because i was just waking up from anesthesia and then we were chatting for a little bit and he like wasn't that far away from me and finally i was like can you like wear your mask and i put mine on too because i was like i'm not really trying to have this like maskless chat with you right now i don't know i think i was the last surgery of the day there's nobody around i think he was just trying to like cut loose and i was like Mm, I don't really like want to cut loose with you, bud. I, I'm not like, like it's almost not, five o'clock. Yeah, it's no, five, no, five no. o'clock. It's maskless five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> no, I was like, I'm gonna Ugh. tell on you, so please. Yeah. yeah, no, no. When I was getting like there in in taking me, there was a nurse that walked in and he was just doing stuff on the computer, but his mask was right under his nose, no. and I'm just like, no, like no. he went to you're school not goddamn office. hospital. Yeah, yeah. At the very beginning. Crazy of the quarantine I will never forget it was like maybe three weeks in and I the coffee place near me they had a really good system where you could like get coffee outside and I was like okay this is like my one venture out I'm gonna go to the coffee place and there was a group of nurses who were not wearing masks all huddled up getting really close to the barista or the person like taking the credit cards and we were I I've gone to this place for years um ever since I moved here pretty much and so I know all the people who work there so she was like giving me eyes like I'm really uncomfortable and then she just straight up was like can you you guys step back like she was like this yeah. is so inappropriate totally. it was like it was like october behavior in june you know what i mean yeah. or like Ooh, in october may behavior i love that well it's just it was just like a little loosey-goosey and i remember just, but they were nurses and i was like you of all people I should know. know better do you guys feel like sometimes i scroll on instagram and i'm seeing people who are taking recent pictures and they're at parties or like big long dinners at like a long outdoor dinner table and everyone's sitting next to each other and no one's wearing masks and i'm like what is going on here Oh, my God. So I was going to get a night nanny last week just because I wanted some sleep. And um, it took me a few weeks to talk myself into it. And we were worried about COVID. And I like I got 
I got a reference for one and she was great. I talked to her on the phone. She was like, don't worry, I'll wear a mask the whole time. I've been super safe. And I was like, cool. I was like, well, let me do a little more digging. Uh-huh. And she linked her Instagram to her uh-huh. post, her nanny site. And I clicked on that. She was having drinks like four or five people deep uh-uh. um going to little parties and i immediately oh my god yeah. that's so stupid was, that she put her instagram yeah on there. Wow. that was so dumb it, it must have been up from like pre-covid and she but i'm seeing people that. go to weddings and they're just like mostly yeah. not wearing masks and i'm like just because someone's your friend or family doesn't mean they don't have it it's there's it's bizarre yeah. it is bizarre yeah and i mean yeah. i guess people are starting to be like well, if it's outside, it's okay. But then it's like, well, when no, you're sitting at a table with that many people and you're right next right to each next other. To yeah, no it's like, guys, yeah. that's not social distancing. Okay, well, I'm feeling great. I'm loving this chat so far. <laughs> Let's dig a little deeper and get into our season five wrap up. Leanne, can you actually, before we get into it, will you just like sure. tell us a little bit about like how you got into TV writing and comedy? Yes, love oh, that. Yeah. Um, let's see. So I uh, went to film school and I wanted to do uh, documentaries. I wanted to direct documentaries. Oh. I know. Crazy, right? Where'd you go to film school, and, uh, Leanne? Well, I went to, um, it's a joke I say, I went to the Art Institute in Santa Monica oh. and it's a for-profit college. There's like 40 across the country. Oh, wow. Um, it's like the ITT tech of video. You're so funny. <laughs> but <laughs> I just, it, I managed to get something out of it. But Hell I yeah. guess the only reason I'm probably writing is because I, I took classes at UCB and I kind of uh, joined the community there and I met a lot of people and, you know, I got hired at Funny or Die by someone who, uh, by uh, Dave Ferguson, who's like a UCB guy. And then I, I just, so that's how I got in the. How uh, did you decide to do, imp- like what, what brought you to UCB? It's interesting, Leanne, I can tell you're yeah. hilarious, but you have a very like low key. I mean, I've known I you for five super seconds, low key. but I love, I love I funny love people it. that are low key. It's such a nice surprise. Oh, thank you. It's true. Yeah. Heaven. So I, I, uh, I, like, I've always been a writer. And so I, um, I, I saw that UCB had sketch writing classes and I was like, I was actually going through a really dark period of my life. And a friend was like, read this book called Truth and Comedy. I had no idea what imp- improv was. I had, I like, I read it and like, I couldn't grasp that book is basically written by, um, I think second city people about like how to approach improv. And I wrote it and like, this is insane. Like, I don't know what any of this means. And um, it was just like a weird suggestion. And I guess it was to get me out of my rut. Um, But that pointed me towards, Oh, what is improv? And I was like, I looked at UCB's website. I saw that there were sketch classes. I was like, well, I'm a writer. I love comedy. And so I got into sketch writing and I actually hadn't seen a, a live improv show until after I took the sketch class. And I was just like, what the hell is that? Like, they're making this up on the spot. I know this sounds crazy. Oh, God. No, no, it doesn't. It's kind of embarrassing. No. No, Dan Dan came up through the UCB, and he still talks about how, like, he's like, when improv is good, it truly blows your mind. (laughs) That was amazing. And that was, and that was what got me out of this rut I was in. I was like, well, I just want to challenge myself and make myself super uncomfortable. So I did that. I did stand up for a while I was doing open mics like which was the most terrifying thing I've ever put myself through um did you do that here in LA yeah I did in LA and LA open mics are it's a fuck it's a dark place they are dark are they never not dark I thought they were dark in New York too 
So I one time I was I was at an open mic and uh, I was sitting in the front row and this guy told a joke about killing his grandmother oh, and the great. look on my face oh. was just like I just I, straight I was like I'm not gonna laugh and then I was last on the list but he hung around and then right before I went up he walked oh up to God. my table and dropped a piece of paper on my table and I opened it up and it was a picture of he drew a dick and just like dropped it on my table oh my and then he left and i was like and immediately that just knocked the wind out of me like it was stupid but it just it was an original dick pic yeah it was a hand that's what i did (laughs) i went up i was like hey guys i got that was exactly what i said guys i got my first dick pic and i showed the audience and there i got honestly i did not know where that story was going and i was like oh my god if this guy just drops his phone number on the table (laughs) 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 you're like and that's how i met dj my fiance (laughs) he's like oh yeah she hates killing grandmothers I love how she hates me. I love, I love how she hates me. I love this energy. Wait, Leanne, I have two That's nosy so, oh questions. God. Yeah. One, what kind of writing were you doing before? Because you were like, I was always a writer. So is that like journals, poetry? And two, if you're comfortable, what was the rut that you were in and why were you feeling so funky? Oh, oh boy. So um, I wrote, um, I'd write a lot of short stories and I was in the middle of writing a novel. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And um, and then I went to film school because I wanted to get in documentary filmmaking. I'm pretty like politically like. I guess, active, you would say. And then at school, we had a narrative writing class where I'd write a bunch of shorts. And I just, every narrative I wrote, like, turned into a comedy. I couldn't help it. And I have this, like, dark sort of sensibility about myself, I think. So my teacher was like, this is really funny. Like, you should definitely get into comedy writing. And that kind of pointed me sort of in that direction. And then the rut I was in, I had, um, I had, like a nervous breakdown at like oh, 21. Oh, I've had one of those, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and I was like slightly agoraphobic. Like I just didn't like leaving my house. This mm. is this is like really deep. Oh, we, we get we, into we, it on this, this podcast. Pod, like, yeah, this is, this is, we said, Rose said in our last episode, she goes, this isn't just a podcast, this is a life podcast. And I'm is. like, that's so true. This is a life podcast. It's like not really a TV recap podcast. It, it's like, that's like, that's like the mac and cheese that lures you in to the vegetable palace i don't know what i'm talking about i know what you're trying to say the the vegetables that you put in the brownie so the kids don't realize they're eating vegetables yes yes exactly brownie yeah (laughs) yes um yeah and that like breakdown was sort of like i was just partying and doing a bunch of drugs and i was moving like a thousand miles a minute and i it just like all caught up with me and i just had this like crazy like breakdown and then so I I had been in a rut for a few years and I was but I was still going to school I was still working and I just had a friend who was like hey you got to read this book and I was like an improv wow, book that's amazing. Was comedy. wow yeah. was your friend a comedy it, writer that, that told you to he, read it he was an actor and an improviser and it literally did change my life like wow. it it kind of set me on the my path so I guess he was right that's amazing um yeah. And what was your dream like? Like your dream was at one point to write to, to make documentaries. Was there a certain documentary you saw growing up where you're like, this is what I want to do kind of thing? No, actually, no. I think. um, I don't know, like my dad was a community organizer and he like worked politically in a lot of things. And my mom was politically active. And so I was just like. I want to do that, too. So it was either journalism or investigative. And like, I was like, I guess I kind of want to like make movies about these issues. So, yeah, I was just kind of putting a bunch of things together. Once you started like getting really into comedy and improv, 
once it kind of dawned on you that you would enjoy being a comedy writer, is that, was there any kind of show or movie where you're like, this is the kind of stuff that I would love to be involved in? Like, did you see anything that was like, that's, I, I recognize myself in that. Oh, yeah. So, like, growing up, I was a huge fan of comedy, like Mel Brooks. Um, you know, I loved Blazing Saddles and, like, um, Spaceballs. And I really loved Airplane. And I loved, like, Kentucky Fried movie. movie. I don't know if you remember that movie. Yeah, amazing. That's insane movie. So I, I, I just never, like... Put it together. I could have a career in it. Yeah. And so like I've seen every episode of The Simpsons and I was like a latchkey kid. So I've I've watched probably every cartoon that came out in the 90s. And I was just like I just ingested a lot of TV and comedy. And I. Yeah. And That's I, awesome. Yeah. What do you think um, par- parlaying into the theme of our our podcast that we will get to? Um, what, like, did, yeah. How did you feel like now as a comedy writer, how do you, how do you feel about sex in the city? Like, what's your, how did it, I guess this is a very broad question, but just like, how did you, what was it like when you first saw it and how do you feel about it now? I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant when I first saw it. I remember, I just thought it was like, it was, it was so relatable, like as a, a woman in my early twenties dating, um, I thought it was really funny. I thought it was brilliant. Um, I, I just loved it. And like, you know, me and my girlfriends would pick who we were and who we felt more like. And then like, I think I like opened up a little more sexually because of watching it. I need to live my, yeah, it it really influenced me to like, like live my best life in, in, in a sense. Um, and then thinking back as a TV writer, I'm like, oh, some things were like kind of cheesy. Some episodes were good and some weren't great. Um, some of the storylines were a little insane. And then yes. I, the episode I watched last night, a lot of it was like. That you I'm watched done. the season like, finale, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you watched. I love a charade. I love yeah. that <laughs> Okay. So you watched yeah, the Hamptons episode. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What did um, you think, Leanne? I loved it. I still loved it. I thought it was great. DJ, who watched it with me, had never seen an episode. And <gasps> I think, yeah. And it, I was like, what do you think? And in the back of his mind, I think he always thought it was like a joke. And then he's a TV writer, too. And as he's watching, he's like, that was funny. That was funny. Oh, that was good. That was funny. It's a great show. It. Yeah. He was more. He was. He was a pleasantly surprised yeah it was, the it's idea weird. that like straight men can't enjoy it is such toxic masculinity it's such a skilled highly the writers in that room were so skilled and they're so talented it's just it's so sad that there it has to be not taken seriously as an excellent television show just because it happens to be about women and women and also because women, women responded so much to it i think that men were just like oh it can't be good because like the chicks are going crazy over this yeah. thing and you're like, how can it, how is it, we're going crazy over it because it's fucking amazing. It's so good. Well, it's misogyny excellent. dictates that anything that women like are into is inferior and bad. So if right. women are into it, then it's not good. It's and so sad. Out. There's there's it's a lot dumb. of shows like that. I mean, it's crazy too because it's like, okay, also it's not like it was on like, you know, the CW or something. It's like, it was on <laughs> fucking HBO for HBO. a reason. Like it was yeah. a cutting edge show. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's really wild. It's so funny. You were, I, you were talking earlier about how this season was darker and deeper. And I was, cause I looked up the Wikipedia page for this season and it's the first, you guys have probably already talked about this. Go ahead. Jump in, Leanne. But, um, oh yeah, give it to us. 
It's the first season they shot after 9-11. Did you I didn't know that. that. Yeah, no, and, you, yeah. Did you? Do yeah. I know that? <laughs> sorry, sorry. We, but yeah, we we talked about that a, a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, I the, thought season uh, four was the first one after nine eleven. Season five is. Season five is the first one shot after nine eleven, but season four oh, the has first one shot after nine eleven. Has episodes got it, got that it. aired after, so there are like some things that are changed in season four, like digitally. Like they also changed oh, the. Oh, um, I see. They changed the theme. Uh, in season four because the Twin Towers used to be in the opening credits. Yeah. That's right, it was. I remember that shot. Yeah, now it's it switches to the Empire State Building after 9-11. Wait, Alian, I'm so glad you're bringing this up because I, I know, yeah, obviously we had touched on it and like, sort of forgotten apparently, <laughs> but, but I, it, it's such a good point to bring up because we've been talking about how dark this season was and it is interesting that like, yeah. oh, they were working on this after 9-11, like it definitely impacted the tone of the show, yeah. I think. Yeah. What do you think, yeah. Rose? That's really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, 9-11 was such a huge deal, especially for New Yorkers. I moved to New York after 9-11. Wait a minute. Yeah, way after 9-11. So I didn't experience it. I'm sure for people that lived there and were making TV there and writing there and performing there, it must have been absolutely devastating. And that makes sense to me that something that shook the city would affect the show. But there's another part of me that just feels like it just synced up. They had four seasons of Carrie nonstop dating, always falling in love, just partying and wearing fabulous outfits. And I thought that this season was, you wouldn't want the show to be like this the whole time, but this is the first season where she's like, maybe I will die alone. I don't know. It was the first season. She was too jaded to date. It was the first season that she was kind of bitchy. She kind of resembled Miranda in a bunch of episodes. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. And I liked it because in general, she's so bubbly and she's just gallivanting. It was nice to see a real moment of like, does this woman ever does 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 her dating ever catch up with her? Does her just running away from herself ever catch up with her? And it felt like in season five, it kind of did, which I, I liked. And I don't know why they did that, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like um, we've talked about this a little bit, Leanne, but like when Brady is brought into the equation, we were like, yeah, we just feel like the the like the core what we call them the core four we feel like they are so not kind to miranda and like acknowledging the fact that she's had a baby what do you feel about that and did you pick up on that i told i totally picked up on it especially this episode when they're um having lunch at that outdoor like on a table oh my god samantha looks at the baby and is like that baby is not coming that baby ruined my lunch he's not he's not ruining my party and dj just gasped and i was like yeah that's how bitches are and it's just like i i thought i thought it was like i thought it was a little refreshing to not see women just like goo goo ga 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 over babies however you know women do and like they should because babies are adorable but i just thought it was kind of cool to just have like not like i don't know just to break that that's the thing idea. that's the thing about yeah. the show it was insa- it was, it yeah. was insane it was insane though. it is insane but also yeah what were you gonna say rose no it's an insane reaction because we're thinking no matter who you know we have friends that that don't want kids who have no interest in kids. And, you know, so Jamie and I have a friend, Allison Libby reminds me of the kind of person that would kind of be like, can you just move the kid? Like I love Allison, <laughs> but she's so uninterested. She's a very Samantha Jones about kids, but even people like that, they still have manners and they still like yeah. just the absolute yeah. no manners part of it. But I do think that to your point, Leanne, everything about sex in the city is kind of as, as much as people like to say it's a basic bitch show. It actually isn't. It's, 
kind of turned on its head because it's about yeah. women in their late 30s who are unmarried, who friendship is the most important thing to them. The career is the most important thing to them. They're totally guy crazy. But as much as they talk about wanting to be with a partner other than Charlotte, they all put their other things ahead of it. And oh, so yeah. it's kind of like, even though it's very rude behavior, it's kind of thinking of all the representations of women and babies. It's kind of a refreshing. Yeah. I don't know. Have you got I don't know what episode it was, but do you remember the episode where Carrie had to buy a baby shower gift for someone? Yes, it's coming up in season six. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, but to, no, you can talk anything. about it. You can okay. talk about it. I yeah. that really changed. That was really a big episode for me because she was like, I buy a baby shower gift for everyone. I buy a wedding gift. And you're just constantly purchasing gifts for these people that have these happy life and life events and i was like that's so true like single people don't have like just just give a single person a gift or i don't know yeah i just i, I love I that can, moment give a single person it's a gift huge. i think <laughs> as a single person i think that's true leanne i think you're onto something <laughs> yeah. give me a fucking like, gift i'm just sitting like, here dating give me but, a damn gift it yeah. is so that I, I I skipped ahead a little bit and I just rewatched that episode this past week. And I was like, this episode, this is like, yeah, this show, it, it just breaks boundaries. Like the fact yeah. that they even commented on like, yeah, you end up buying like if you've gotten married or had a baby, like people are spending thousands of dollars on you at a certain point, mm -hmm. depending on how long you've known them. And it's like you're the one who's in a two income household. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And you're just like, okay, like, why? Yeah. Why can you not? Why? Why? You know, I, yeah, felt I liked that how way. she was like, I'm getting married to myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt that way during my my I had a registry, a baby registry. Um, and I was reluctant to share it because, like, you know, I'm a TV writer and I make good money. I can I can I can afford to feed, like clothe and give my kids gifts. And I feel bad. Like people are like, Oh, what's your registry? Let me buy you something. And I feel bad for friends who are like, you felt so bad, but yeah. you actually sent it. So you didn't feel that bad. No, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> send it to any of my friends. You did it? Really? I did not. No, Whoa, that's a cool move. Yeah. My, my family sent it out to um, everyone. And then finally my mother-in-law was my mother-in-law to be, was like, you need to have a shower. And so I was like, okay, fine. We'll have a shower. And I put the registry. It was a little hidden in the invitation, but I just, I don't know. I didn't feel great about it. And then I didn't I, I know what you time. mean. Yeah. Yeah, I felt that way with my wedding registry a little bit where I was just kind of like, well, wedding registries are a little different because at least with That's baby different. registries, it's like, OK, I actually need some of this shit. So can somebody please buy the shit for me? Because like <laughs> there's coming. some of this stuff where like, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to need and I'm sure you get plenty of duplicates and things that you're like, oh, this is going to like clutter up my house. But like with a wedding registry, it's so fucking weird because you're like a tiny I've spoon. Even, I've just never thought about I've never like taken inventory of my kitchen and been like, <laughs> what am I lacking? It's, so like, it's just not where my head's at. But then people start buying you stuff and you're like, oh, shit, I actually already had that. Like I registered for it just like lazily, but I'm like, shit, I had like plenty of frying pans. Like I did not need this, but I could have used like a fucking cheese grater and I don't have one now. So <laughs> point wow. is, if you are doing a registry, take a minute and like figure it out because even if you don't care right now you might end up caring when you have like 40 of one thing and then zero of if you're a home chef it seems yeah. like marriage is quite the ticket oh seriously yeah you, really you get all your supplies for free 
if you yeah. get if you just if you just get married, God. You get all of your supplies <laughs> for free. That's a good perk. Leanne, let me ask you something. Back when you watched yeah. the show the first time around, was there a character that you identified with? And is it the same character that you would identify with now? I think I identified with Carrie. And I think it's only because she was a writer. Um, but also she's the only one who had inner monologue. I just felt closer to her because we could hear her inner monologue. Throughout yeah. Everything. Oh my God. That's a really good point. She's kind of like a podcast. Yeah. She's How do you feel now, Leanne, watching? Do you still feel like she's the one that kind of you've clicked with most? I, you know, I, I think everyone is supposed to see a little bit of themselves in each one of them. And yeah. I think that's what I feel. You're a um, Carrie I with feel- a Miranda moon rising. They're stars yes. that make up a galaxy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I feel like I'm a Carrie, yeah, with the Miranda moon rising. I think that's it. And then maybe a tiny bit of Charlotte, because I really wanted to have a kid and be married. So Can you tell us your falling in love story since this is a rom-com show? Can you tell us your oh, rom-com? Oh, that's a great question. I love um, that. Yeah, sure. So um, DJ um, was the script coordinator on Dear White People. um and he was dating someone at the time did you the the second you laid eyes on him were you like bam 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 no it was actually if you will it was actually really funny i didn't even notice he was in the room okay (laughs) i'll take it i was like i know uh and dj was like hey we we took an improv class together and i don't i didn't remember oh my god it was the it was the rudest brutal I did, brutal it was the, brutal. yeah i didn't recognize him in the room i Do didn't even notice blindness he was in the land? Room. <laughs> <laughs> i did um do you know that that's became, jamie from the the job that you have right above you that's jamie your colleague <laughs> oh shit oh my god that's jamie yeah that's jamie, jamie from ted lasso <laughs> jamie from earlier today okay so you you have face blindness he's like we took an improv yes. class together you had no memory of it i was like uh, i don't remember okay <laughs> he actually dropped my name to get hired too and then i was like cool great oh my god okay. this is incredible okay so tell me more tell me so, when it becomes um, a little steamy he was he was dating someone seriously. They were living together. And I think him dating someone, my brain was like, oh, he's off limits. So I can like be friends and get to know him really well. And just like we became like really buddy buddy. Um, and then halfway through the season, I I started to like him. And then but the I immediately was Did like, everyone in the room he- know that there was like a tension? Great question. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh. So after we started dating, my showrunner was like, I knew it. I was just like, you guys, I knew it. I could feel it. I could oh sense it. Uh, and she she was like, when are you guys getting married? And it ended up we like got engaged like a year and a half after we started dating. Wait, so when did he dump the broad for you? Oh, my God. OK, so give um, us the juice, he, girl. Oh, God. So he we, we ask he all le- the hard hitting questions. Yes. Here <laughs> he left the show midseason because he got staffed on another show. So. Um, so yeah and so we just parted ways like we didn't i, I what show did off- he go to i need to know mm-hmm. atypical um, okay. i love that okay. show actually she loves that show yeah. yeah it's a great show i love atypical um and he was off my radar i was actually like uh i got super interested in someone else um actually i dated someone else and i got super interested in someone else i was kind of like digging someone else when i was driving home and i saw him walking down the street with his boss and like i was driving i 
like whipped my car oh, over. God. Almost his boss made a joke that I almost ran them over. I stopped. Oh, I rolled down the window. God. I was like, hey, DJ. And he was like, hey, <laughs> hi. Oh, and he's like, I was like, what are you doing here? I live here. And he was like, yeah, I work uh, Sunset Bronson. I, I work right here. I was like, cool. Okay, bye. And I left. And the story is, as soon as I drove away, his boss was like, she likes you. Oh, and um, it just so happened he broke up with his girlfriend three days earlier. Oh, my oh God. My yeah. God. So then what happened? I know. So oh. he texts me that night. That okay. night he texts me. He's like, he's like, hey, just want to catch up, see how you're doing. I was like, hey, man, it's mm-hmm. good to see you, blah, blah, blah. And um, we're joking around for a bit. And he's like, yeah, me and my ex broke up and I was like oh, immediately no. people say they oh yeah no. me too I, <laughs> <laughs> it, it honestly didn't cross my mind I was honestly in like oh man I'm so sorry because like I hate breakups and I know how hard they are oh so you weren't just, thinking of it in those terms yet you were just totally like not 100 pu- purely not. like oh okay. I'm so sorry then what yeah happened? and then and then halfway through it's like he's like yeah so we should hang out sometime and I was like Oh, oh, and then it clicked for me. And then how and was got, the very first date? It was fine. <laughs> so, okay, so hold up. So he, he broke up. Story. He was with her for a couple years. He broke up with her on like a Friday, ran into me on like Monday, and then we set a date to hang out later that week and when he text i was like yeah let's go get drinks and so he texts me to get drinks he's like yeah so where do you want to go he we were going to go to um uh, what the paley on sunset next right, to right. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. he's like yeah let's just go and get fucked up and i was like ew i was like oh, no it's not I was romantic like, That's yeah. not- and I was like, oh, you're you're going through something. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, you're like, all oh, right. Yeah, you just went through a yeah, breakup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we hung out and we ended up we just talked for a bunch about like his breakup and how he's doing. And and it was fine. But then we. um, Yeah, we ended up like making out and stuff that night. Oh, <laughs> how okay, was good. the first kiss? Yeah. Wait, can I say something really quick? Yes. You guys had a similar like because in the season finale, just drawing parallels of season five they talk about their exes on their first date. So you had a little bit of, you had a little bit of a burger carry situation I where did. he, he kind of like let loose about his ex yeah, a little bit. Cause we were saying yeah, that we thought that, that was, was really a bad move, but it worked for you guys. It did. It actually put me off. Like it, oh, the it way put you that, off. okay. Yeah. It did put me off. Um, him, offering it fucked up and then it kind of put me off but we got so drunk that <laughs> oh my god um, you're like it's fine gonna, actually it's fine. <laughs> it was water under the bridge <laughs> i did like them i we were at a bar and we were like a couple drinks deep and then we kissed each other and it was cool because like you know how you're usually like okay like are we gonna like is this gonna happen yes blah, blah, but if you're, you're drunk it just fixes you're everything drunk, it drinking just is every- good you guys <laughs> it, <laughs> is it, really, like, it is like it accelerates things sometimes in a good or bad way and it <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool because like we both leaned or like slowly like at the same time leaned toward each other and kissed there was no like oh he's kissing me oh she's kissing me and like that was this sounds so like meant moment. to be oh. i think so i hope so <laughs> i mean we're you have a kid, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see where it goes. Well, you guys made yeah, a great we'll looking baby. How... Let's just oh, let's you. just say that your baby is. Oh, I can't even with this kid. Oh, is she around? You. Can we show her to Rose? She's sleeping right now. She's I sleeping. He, okay. Yeah, okay, he put okay. her down at five. 
Oh, so, okay. okay. Um, We're not waking her. Maybe I can her. drop a picture in the chat. I'll drop. Okay, that would be great. I just need Rose to get a visual. Leanne, yeah. part of the the thing we do on this ep- on this pod of Sex and the City is, you know, we analyze every episode, and we we are absolute fans and stands of the show. We love it, but rewatching it in twenty. 20- 20 there are a lot of problems when it comes to diversity queerness it is so blatantly racist how how (laughs) was your experience watching it as a woman of color i think during i didn't i think during i didn't know and i think i was just so desensitized to like like yeah that's just how tv is yeah you're just like like i never like i watched friends and like it never hit me that there wasn't a black character until aisha tyler came on i was just so used to it and then the jokes back then jokes were bad you know there's a a lot there's a period yeah and there's a period when like you know people's tweets are getting dug up for shitty jokes and like i think back then i was just like oh that's just like what comedy is wow comedy um, is like making fun of gay people yeah making fun of gay people that uh, this episode too uh she was just surprised that he was marrying a woman and a lot of yeah 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 we were saying last episode like you know the whole like all of the fodder in this episode is just like can you believe that that gay guy married a woman and we're like oh if this existed now they'd probably be like well maybe he's like pansexual or maybe he yeah Yeah. maybe yeah exactly or like maybe they have an arrangement or like who knows it's just it was very just like can you believe that he would marry her like which you know for a you know 22 minute show or whatever it is 30 minute show like you're like, okay, well, maybe you just don't dig that deep because why take the time exploring that? Yeah. Like, there's not enough, you know, this show moves very quick. Like, all of the Michael mm-hmm. Patrick King stuff is like, you are in and out of scenes. Like, there is no fat on any scene. It's like, information mm-hmm. gets across, move on. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like maybe if it were written now, they would, like, take a little more time. I think so. They'd be thoughtful about it. Because they were yeah. very thoughtful about just, like, relationship stuff and, like, and I think that was probably their focus. Yes. Um, uh, also, Nathan Lane was like cartoonishly gay. Like he didn't. But he kind of is in real life, man. though, it seems. In it's, real life. Yeah, that's true. It, but he, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's very much like his. Skyler? It's very much like the birdcage. Like it's it's that. It same, was the birdcage. Yeah. It, yeah. It's that yeah. character swung in basically to this yeah. episode. Yeah. But also, I will say, like. If they weren't as stereotypical, this is not this is not over most of the episodes, but this one in particular, if they weren't stereotypical up top, then I don't know that they would get that nice payoff at the end when they all kind of are like, oh, like jokes on us. They're in love and like they're getting married and they seem really happy. So like we were just being judgmental assholes, essentially. They have Mm -hmm. that wonderful moment in this, too, where they all especially like when Harry makes that crappy comment uh, during the ceremony and then they see like the real love that Nathan right. Lane's character and Bitsy have for each other. They yeah. all just like, they have to check each other and check yeah, themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's what, like, I feel like they, they got there because they were so shitty in the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah, but anyways, true. go, uh, sorry, Leanne, I, I deterred us. What were you? Oh no, that was, it. I think it's interesting. Something we've talked about too on the show is how it's a show created and like basically showrun by a gay man, Michael Patrick King. And yet all of the gay representation is so self-loathing and self-hating. It's like all the gay characters are super cartoony, conventionally very unattractive, kind of dorky. Like Stanford is such a dorky character. We were just saying how interesting it was that like the person who created the show, who's making all these characters like reflects gay. The only gay representation is like so kind of like lame and dorky. I think. 
but I think like we were saying before, like I think comedy was just that back then. Like yeah. if you look at like Martin, Lisha yeah. Martin, if you ever watched that, I loved like Martin. his characters were like, uh, you know, a, Shaniqua a black or something. Yeah. Shaniqua or like a, you know, or a dumb. It was just like the most worst stereotypes of like black people, and it was funny. <laughs> you know what though? It's like that's um, one thing though. Well, yeah. I mean, I think Martin was kind of a genius, honestly. Like I think the show. <laughs> I haven't watched it since I was a kid, but he was he was pretty. I haven't watched it. He was pretty I talented though, you know. On. But he seemed to be like really going there, right? Like yeah, yeah. Where this seems more like it's supposed to be grounded and real or something. Like yeah, that's true. But I do agree with you. I think back then. Um, anyone who wasn't white, anyone who wasn't straight, anyone who wasn't thin was like fair game for like, you're gross. We're making fun of you. Like, yeah. Um, what do you, what do you think of, uh, because we have some new men this season. Um, we got Harry for Charlotte and we got, uh, Burger. Marcus. And I was just. What, what were we saying? But Marcus, too, for Stanford. Oh, yeah, Marcus. But we don't I really know he's know marginal, much. but yeah. He's, well, <laughs> he he doesn't need to be marginal, but he just yeah. doesn't say much. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. <laughs> he just gets cheese grated on his abs. Yeah, and, he, gets, yeah. he gets cheese grated on his abs and then we move on. Um, but what do you, yeah, what, do you, what is your read on, well, I'm really curious what you think about Burger. I think he's one of the more complicated characters on this show. Yeah. I'm just curious what, what your feelings are, like what you think they were going for. Burger, it like has left a lasting impression on me. Um, even with thinking back to watching it the first time, there was something like very ap- appealing to him. Um, he was like, I don't know what it was, but he was different than like, say, Aiden. I feel like Aiden definitely, I feel like Aiden played. I guess maybe it was also the actor because like Aiden, the guy that played Aiden was like an actor, actor, and then the guy that plays Burger is like in comedy and he just has this tone to him that just like i don't know it just he feels almost burger felt almost out of place in the sex in the city world for me I think. oh fascinating and I think that's why i was he's so different to me um do you, you know what I, do you think that is like because we kind of were talking about this last episode like what do you yeah we were saying that they're very different aiden and burger what do you think it is that makes him out of place i think it like i don't think I think Burger. I think I'm. I so. I so know how the actor is in real life. That like he would never be in Carrie's world. I think he'd never like hang out with Carrie. Or I think he like. I just don't think that him and Carrie would connect in any way. And you maybe think Burger's I'm just, too like, cool for her, on, kind of in a way. Yeah, like I think he'd be like part of like the like the grungy sort of New York that's like really laid back and just like, you know, that their past wouldn't cross her if they did she wouldn't give him like a second look interesting. Um, and maybe i'm that's just a, like tainted by really office space <laughs> mm-hmm. well um. now i i think it's a good point because i think that burger feels very brooklyn he feels like successful like williamsburgy kind of but when they're like oh he has a hamptons house i'm like wait yeah. burger has a hamptons house like does he even care about the Hamptons? Like there's that part of it where it's like, he feels like this kind of like you're saying like grungy, like indie rock writer guy who like hangs out in coffee shops. And like, like we end up meeting his friends in season six, we get a glimpse of whose friends are and they're kind of that vibe too. And you're just kind of like, yeah, there's something they try to like kind of fit him into this. Like he's a Manhattan guy. And it's like, he's not a Manhattan guy. The show just doesn't acknowledge that Brooklyn exists. Yeah. So it's like this really weird mashup person. 
Yeah. It's very confusing. Could it could I ask <laughs> just because I'm I I just truly wasn't uh aware of New York when the show was airing in this way yeah. but like was brooklyn what brooklyn is today when the show no, was airing brooklyn was like a lame place i think okay i think it was yeah i mean it was definitely like starting to okay like williamsburg was definitely around because i i was going to williamsburg but not in the early like, 2000s were you mm, i guess not maybe like mid, toward 2010s well, mid, right mid like 2006 not that it much longer like, after well, but it's definitely not what it is time. now it's not what yeah. it is now Totally. Yeah, because I, I almost think of like like older like Lower East Side or like like East Village sort of stuff would be a little bit more yeah. burger back even, in that time. They don't even acknowledge that. Like if they're yeah. like, oh, he like lives on Delancey. I'd be like, oh, OK, that paints a picture. But like they kind of are like, no, he has a Hamptons house and he <laughs> wants to go shopping at Prada and all this stuff. And you're just like, wait, what? Yeah. Like it's confusing. It's just confusing. Who who do you, who is your favorite guy on the show, Leon? Who did you think was cute that you liked of all oh, the guys? Boy. If you liked any of them. I I think I liked Aiden. I think but I think that's cuz like I would choose him. I think he's so down to earth and like mm. and he has that cabin and like that would be my dream. Right. Um, Carrie was like, "This is disgusting." It was like yeah. so bizarre. And then he had a babe. Oh, well, oh. No, that's fine. Oh, yeah. We're yes. cool. Yeah, you can so say that's the next episode. So, yeah, it, that's all. That's all. That's that's the whole shebang, you know, uh, for me, I think. So I think I'm going to. You want a cabin and a baby. So far, you have a baby. Now a cabin and a cabin. Baby. I gotta be, yeah. Yeah. I have cabin fever. I'm stuck in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Same thing. There you go, girl. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, well, OK. Well, do we have any last questions for Leanne before we. Leanne, do you have a favorite Sex in the City episode of all time? <sighs> great question um or a more I mean, more of a, a memorable gets, one even i mean everyone remembers when carrie uh, i'm ruining next it's okay no, you're not it's everyone's okay. seen okay. it a million times everyone's seen it yeah okay um when carrie gets broken up with on a post-it note i mean that is oh my god that happened to one of the writers so in the room bad. it did? Oh, did it really yeah. officially mm-hmm. <gasps> we know this yeah it's i looked it up on trivia today oh, that oh, came from a story from the room i had a feeling that, i'm so glad you're confirming it i that makes me feel so good. Is that bad? Like I've played in my mind, like, what would that be like? What would that feel like? That's so crazy. And the fact that it's real is just like, ugh, it's, it's very satisfying. I'm so sorry to her or him. Probably her. It's a bunch of women. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's so crazy. But sometimes stuff is so that's what makes the show work so well is yeah. like you can tell that they just have really great like brainstorming sessions where people just mm-hmm. tell all of their stories because yeah. it gets so specific. And I think that's why it resonates with people. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. you know that someone said, oh, this thing happened to me. And then it just made it into the show. Yeah. 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 That's why it works. I have to say we have a lot of listeners who are you know, aspiring comedians and aspiring writers. So we really appreciate you sharing your writing journey with us, your TV career journey with us. And I'm sure aspiring mothers and wives. So thank you for giving us all of your deep dish pizza secrets. Yeah, thank you. absolutely loved it. So we, uh, we end each episode with a segment called I'm horny for sex in the city is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we're horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? I have a bunch, but I just don't remember sometimes which ones I did. So if I didn't, if I already did this one, I'll do another one. But did I already recommend the Paris Hilton documentary on YouTube? No, talk about it. Okay, there's an amazing Paris Hilton documentary on YouTube. And um, I didn't know anything about Paris Hilton. I honestly 
you know, I just, it's COVID. I'm so desperate for content that if somebody says, watch this thing, I'll watch it. It was absolutely riveting. I know it sounds crazy because she's like a, a millionaire blonde white girl who's pretty in a conventional sense. And so why should we feel bad for her? But I felt terrible for her. Her family was too. so bad to her. It. What happened to her was so terrible. And this doesn't spoil anything, but like it really puts things into context. Like it really helps you understand how sexist our society is because she dealt with a horrible experience in her teenage years. And, you know, she was so traumatized that she ended up being in a bunch of abusive relationships with way older guys when she was still a teenager an older guy kind of coerced her into making a sex tape that got leaked, which should have been child porn. He should have gone to jail forever. Yes. But instead of him coming out and looking bad, instead of him being the one who was embarrassed, she's everyone like, made fun she's of a her. Slut whore. Everyone yeah. watched it. Adult Terrible. males made fun of her on late night. It is so disgusting, oh disgusting that she was basically raped on fucking film and it was like made fun of her. It's like everyone who took a crack at that should be fucking embarrassed and apologize. Every person, every woman, I don't know if I can make this sweeping generalization, pretty much, well, pretty much every woman who was made fun of in the media for being dumb or slutty or whatever it is, you later learn they were horribly abused or it was like they were groomed or they like... Lorena Bobbitt, like we were like, oh my God, the woman who cut off the penis. It's like, dude, she was tortured in that relationship. Yeah. It was not funny. And then it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not defending, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not saying that like women don't have a role in their situation, whatever, but it is crazy how these things that just sort of blow up into this media sensation, we're just like, oh yeah, like Monica Lewinsky was yeah. just like, oh my God, the like whore. she just loves sucking yeah. presidential dick. And you're like, come on. Like it's yeah, so she was much so more disrespectful. She was complicated than that. Years old. Yeah. She was a baby she was and a he kid. was the president and he, I like, know. I'm sorry. Like, it's just yeah. so sad. And I, my whole, I remember in the nineties just being like, Oh my God, Monica Lewinsky. Like it was just, a, she's just a punchline. And well, it's like, also, yeah. if you, no one sucks. talks about the other side of it. Another thing is too, yeah. I hate to admit, but if you do watch the Paris Hilton sex tape, which I did, it's actually really sad. Cause she's like not enjoying it. She's not Aww. even pretending to enjoy it. She seems oh, really God. insecure. And the fact that oh, people were taking shots at like a teenage girl, it's like, Isn't what is horrifying? wrong with everybody? So it's yeah, a good watch so, just yeah. to be like, the media needs to be like full of women because it's just crazy the mm. way people treat women like whores without any right. kind of context or e- empathy, mm-hmm. you know? No, there's none. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's easier to just take a cheap shot at someone versus like a looking child. at all sides of a situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that's a must watch. It's really interesting. I didn't finish it, but I got three quarters of the way through and I thought it was really good. Leanne, what are you horny for this week? So mine is very similar to Rose's, but it's true because I don't get to watch a lot of TV and I watched the Blackpink K-pop documentary on Netflix. Oh my God, how is it? And I've always been fascinated and I watched it and it was very satisfying. And immediately after I watched it, I've just been looking up their videos and their dance videos. Oh, on I want to watch. And I'm just like obsessed. Oh, I want to watch it. Um, it's so interesting. I d- and I didn't know like one of them is from New Zealand, one's from Australia, and one's from Thailand. And it just wow. it was it's just like I didn't know how that world works, and it was just really interesting. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, I guess I'm gonna do a TV one also, or a whatever. 
um, <laughs> non-book medium. Um, I I guess I'm horning for I'm horning for Dave on FX. I watched the whole season. Have you guys I've seen, never it? seen it? Show. Yes, I'm it's obsessed. so good. Mm-hmm. Shit, I gotta it's watch really it. So good. Really I did good. not think I was gonna enjoy it because I didn't really know little Dickie's music. Um, I kind of always thought he was just like a YouTube star. Um, I just didn't understand. I just didn't know anything. And then everyone's like, no, it's really good. It's really good. And I also just kind of thought it was going to be really broy, which it is, but not in mm-hmm. a, not in a way that takes you out of it as a woman. Um, yeah. It's just really fucking funny and good. It's a great yeah. show. It's really good. Yeah. I got to watch it. Uh, his, uh, this showrunner is, or his co-creator was Jeff Schaefer. It is Jeff Schaefer. Yeah. Cause yeah, I kind of was like, this show is so funny. Like yeah. it is so joke dense. Yeah, but it's like this really kind of gritty tone. I gotta watch and, it. But it it's very hard hitting jokes. And I was like, but I also think that Little Dicky is just really funny. So yeah, yeah. But it makes sense that they have like a hard hitting like yeah. network comedy joke machine type yeah. working on it because you can Made feel it. it. And yeah, he's also it's just so-, so good. It's like Dave is refreshingly self-deprecating. I thought he would just be like, my dick's in your face. Like, even the like poster is like his, him and his knee undies. And I was like, Right, right, right. It felt a little aggressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you're like, oh, it's actually, yeah, not that at all. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I didn't know that about him. I didn't realize how self-deprecating he is. Mm -hmm. I have some things to watch. I'm going to watch the K-pop doc and I'm going to watch the uh, show. Hell yeah. I know. I, I want to watch the it's Paris my third Hilton time saying hell yeah today. Apparently, that's my new catchphrase. <laughs> Where's the Paris Hilton doc? Is that Netflix? YouTube. It's you on YouTube. 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 Okay. Is do they get into um in the Paris Hilton doc her like bling ring stuff at all? Not really. Okay, I'm so intrigued by that element of it because I watched the movie recently and I'm like, oh, is it based on her? Well, she was they the bling ring stole from her house many times, but then she oh, also I didn't had. She let um, the production shoot there. So it's like this weird thing. Oh, she wow. got robbed. And then Sofia Coppola directs the movie about the the little robbery ring. And Paris Hilton let them use her home as a, as the actual, like, uh, as a set for the movie, which is, like, such an interesting... I'm so interested in that calculus. Like, mm. it, it's, it seems like such an odd choice to make to me, which I'm just, like, fascinated by how it was the decision-making also- there. Interesting. I mean, I, I hope this doesn't give away too much, but um, in the documentary, you're in Paris Hilton's house and she just has like an ungodly amount of stuff, like yes. too many things, like, you know, too many pieces of jewelry, too many shoes. It's it's like not impressive. It's like, it like claustrophobic. No, it is. But is it, it cluttered is. or is it? It's, like it's like well organized. But, okay. It's like well organized clutter. But if you didn't. Okay. I'm not going to say why, but if you don't understand what her trauma is, you could just be like, God, why does she have so much stuff? Mm -hmm. But when I don't want to spoil anything for for listeners or for you, Leanne, who's going to watch it, because there's an explanation for her need for things that is actually absolutely Mm -hmm. heartbreaking. And it really puts like a different Mm -hmm. lens on to why she has so many things. That's so interesting. It's a really, it's a really good documentary. It's a the really empathetic documentary really for sure. <laughs> you do need to finish it. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Well, this was a wonderful episode. Thank you so much, Leanne, for Thank joining us. And where can, where can, on. where can people find you on, on social media? Sure. I guess Twitter, um, at Leanne underscore Bowen. Um, and that's it. Is I, there anything that you want people to watch that you're private? Huh? Anything you want people to watch? uh ted lasso <laughs> ted lasso, lasso. 
watch Ted Lasso. It's really good. <laughs> it is really good. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was a wonderful bridge episode. Au revoir, season five next week, Woo. season six, baby. Holy Can shit. Can I just say I loved Carrie's hair in this season? I just loved I it. Know. I actually it was, was just so thinking good. that it gets really good in the episode, that, the end of season five. Yeah. And the beginning of season so, six, it's gorgeous. Her hair, when the it's like bump. in that bouffant yeah. bump, uh-huh. when she's in that, like, it's almost like she pulled up a skirt around her boobs. <laughs> like that dress yeah. is like not a dress. It just looks like she yanked a skirt up. I like the pregnancy I love outfits were crazy. Yeah. Oh, I love them. They're so good. I love like blousey shit. So I even pregnancy aside, I'm like, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I just like that there's room to breathe. Patricia Fields is a damn mm-hmm. genius. Damn genius. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys so much for listening and have Bye. a great day. Thank you, Liam. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CHBW Pod and follow my co host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us, it helps you, it helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.